and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today's a big day because this is the first time we are discussing a documentary on the podcast, and we're starting with Stretch and Bobito, Radio That Changed Lives, released in 2015. The documentary was written and directed by Bobito Garcia, and while the film itself does not seem to have garnered a ton of fame or recognition, the subject of the film, a 90s radio show, had an immeasurable impact on the hip-hop world. In fact, the total record sales for all artists that premiered on the show exceed $300 million. I mean, it's $300 million and counting. Big time. Mm -hmm. Today, we're going to discuss the show, their impact, and determine whether the documentary does their legacy justice enough to be considered a classic from the right perspective. We'll start with intros and then we'll pick a voting symbol that's inspired by the documentary. So kick off the intros, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright, I'm the oldest. I'm Janaya Wright, I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest. Yay! <laughs> Y'all, listen, I think we picked a great documentary to start with. There, were, I mean, obviously, yeah. there were a bajillion to choose from. Yeah. You know, um, but this one, so I think... So many. It, it, it feels like it, it's in sync with a lot of our recent commentary. Like, it's almost like a perfect follow-up to our last podcast on Brown Sugar. Very true. It really was. It really was. You know, it was like hip-hop. So, so y'all, voting symbol. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I have a did record. You come up with something? <laughs> I did. And I want to just right now name the obvious, you know, symbols. Okay. A mic, a cassette tape. Okay. Right. A turntable, which by the right. way, is another, another name for term table is ones and twos. Aubrey and Brittany, because I didn't. <laughs> I knew the ones and twos had. I knew it was. I didn't really know. I forgot all about your homework. Somebody did her homework. I was already about to ask. Somebody did her homework. So we could. We could do you. ones and twos. All of those things to me I'm feel so obvious. Proud of you. But I really. No, no, don't that's say not that's what enough. I want to hear. That's it. Our listeners know too much. I want to hear the denial pick. Yeah, I think I think we should go with an airwave. And I'm going to tell you why. Now, y'all, what oh, makes she picks this, me up to let me down. What makes this moment <laughs> that this show happened so important was because this was right at the <laughs> moment where <laughs> the music industry started to evolve. Now, and I will tell you, Stretch said it in the documentary. He said that the 90s were right between the birth of hip hop, which was in the 80s, and the 2000s, where it was like globalization and commercialization. So it was a sweet spot. And there's also something to be said about the 90s and radio specifically. And so I think choosing Airwave is a way for us to honor the moment the 90s. I think it's a way for honor to honor the medium that they were using, which is radio, you know, and it's also just more than that. It's a way for us to, to kind of lift up the way that they were connecting with their audiences. All right. Cause it's just so different now with the internet and, you know, social media, it was just a special time that's actually lost forever. We'll, we'll never ever return to that radio will never ever have that impact that it had at that time and and hold that resonance um so my proposal well, I, for symbol is airwave jenna i gotta just say that i plan on doing this podcast for thousands of episodes <laughs> i want to do thousands of episodes and i believe you're going to stick the landing every single time i believe you're going to give it to me <laughs> You're going to give me what I need. It's also a nice spectrum because I do consider my picks and Brittany just does it on the spot. So like Janiyah is, you know, on the edge with like Confucius manuals opening up. You know what I'm saying? Like figuring out that she's in libraries, you know, the scene in the movie with a microfiche. You know, that's that's where Janiyah is. Brittany is last minute bang 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 and i'm in the middle so it's a beautiful spectrum of ideas 
Oh man. I but agree, yes. bro. It really does. Like this this part of the podcast does awesome. kind of like summarize uh, our personalities, I think. It's, kind it's, of. It's my favorite part. <laughs> Brittany, what what's, your, what's, what's your last one? What's yeah. your last bit of ideas? <laughs> okay, mine was of course a tape. Um, you have uh mic, headphones, and a boom box. Like that headphones. that was it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're like boombox. I mean, that's a nineties icon. That, which is all those are very good yeah. symbols. And Janaya, your essay was also very well thought out as always, <laughs> and very logically sound as always. Um, in this one, in this situation, I am going to use a Big Brother veto law, and we are going to use a cassette tape. No. We're going to use this cassette tape. <laughs> and, I'm a, and the reason why is because the cassette tape is what made this thing go viral. And it's just amazing to think to me before viral that, was viral. that I was in Pittsburgh and then Baltimore and I'm getting a dub of a dub of a dub. And it was like low quality but because <laughs> you know every time you dub the tape oh, it, it would be a work. little yeah less but like we just didn't care because it was just so amazing to hear these artists in the beginning and, and what it was is we saw them coming up right like so we saw like I the first time I heard of Nas was when Illmatic came out right you know or like what when, when I hear of big is when he started dropping on like the larger mixtapes and stuff like that. So, and you know, I'm a, as far as Biggie Smalls goes, like I'm the hugest fan ever. And just hearing all these people and we're thinking we are hearing them come up, but then it would take years for these tapes to filter to us. So it'd be like, okay, a tape from 91, I might not hear it. It didn't go through the, channel of you know somebody the, the 90s York, version of viral to, 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 to <laughs> and then it got to me at 95 and now i'm hearing an artist i already love in the beginning before yeah. they even and it gave you a whole nother yeah spectrum to just hear that hunger in their voice like mm-hmm. i have to destroy this right now like mm-hmm. i have to and you even because Think about when Lauren Hill was rapping. And like, Lauren Hill is obviously one of the most amazing rappers to ever rap a rap. So the, and I'm not even gonna make you do it, Janaya, but I might make you do it before. <laughs> yes. I, I would like the podcast world to know that I do know a rap. Yes, yeah, she does Thank you, bro. Rap. I'm happy She, she knows too. She knows one <laughs> I she do wrote, know two raps. And she knows, and she knows Lauren Hill. We, we might and hear they're both, both about great. Him. They're both truly awesome. <laughs> oh, I th- I thought we were talking about Queen Coco Bean. Well, That's Queen Coco Bean has, has one of the oh, raps. Oh, okay. And then there's <laughs> just, so, just so I'm just saying. Just but, but just like, <laughs> if you hear her like in Miss Education where she's rapping with the, you know, the, like on mm-hmm. the score, she just has the confidence is there. Yeah. I think but you've gotten away from explaining why it's tape. <laughs> Would you say, I no, I'm still, away away. I'm, I'm still talking about I'm still talking about the tape because when we heard her in that in that segment, on that radio show, like you could hear how she was pushing, like mm. like I mean, you all know what I'm talking about. Like she was yeah. like, no, I'm here, like I am the truth. Like you can hear, it was like yeah, she, by the time she was on the being Fugees, a woman, being a woman in that industry, exactly. That's so male dominated, so, so misogynistic. She had to fight all her life. She had to fight. Listen. All her life. <laughs> so yeah, the tape. All it, her life. It gotta yeah. be the tapes. Mm-hmm. Has to be the tape. We all have to have. The well, tape. you know, there's nothing you can do with the Big Brother veto. That's, there's no. To, there are no it. additional bureaucratic channels. There's nothing else that can be done <laughs> once, the, once the Big yes. Brother veto comes down. Yes. Always a little sister veto, but I've just not exercised that power. I've just not exercised that power yet. Janelle, real quick, what what is what is what is loving you like? 
<laughs> Listen, it's like a battle, and we both end up with scars. No, no, I the need point. to hear the whole thing. <laughs> Loving you's like a song. Oh, come on, <laughs> that's a different. It's song. okay. We got to bring Janelle yeah. along sometimes, mm. but we're mm. gonna bring her along. Loving you was like a song I replay every yeah. three minutes and thirty seconds of every day, what? and every chorus was written for us to recite. Every beautiful yeah. melody of devotion. Every night, this potion okay. might, this ocean might just carry me in a wave of emotion and ask you to marry me. Marry every me. word, every second, and every third expresses a happiness more clearly. Yeah than ever heard and yeah. when i say him every word is a poem tell the lord how grateful i am that i know him the but harmonies possess a sensation similar to your caress, caress. if you're asking then i'm telling you it's yes, yes. yes. stand in love yes. take my hand and love y'all bless, bless. Yes. <laughs> man if, it, like if i didn't want to risk the mic i had to take like it off and and All open right, yeah, so up your window curtain. Uh, <laughs> and let your moon come, come shining in. And see, and this is the, but this this just goes to show how, how Lauren Hill resonates. Okay, because and, and, and the thing is, is like by the time we start listening to her, you know, like uh that's Lauren Hill featuring Ziggy Marley, by the way. <laughs> But that's how we started listening to her in the Fuji's and all of that. Like she's already established. You know sure, what I mean? Like her, sure. her, you can hear the confidence in her voice. But yeah. I just love hearing just when she you could just hear every note, like you no, can. And you know I am what? coming and, up. Mm. And we learned from the documentary that her her manager had a tough time getting that's the right. Fuji's book that's right. on Stretch and Barbito. So, bro, if you're telling us that like a recording of her from that show really showed her fighting, I'm not surprised because they had to fight. There was a, right. there was a negotiation, That's you right. know, to even get them onto the show, you know, but that also just goes to show how good this show was. It had to be because if the kind of raw talent that the Fugees were bringing might not make the cut on your show. You had some talent on your show. That's all I've got to say. And I'm not a person that would ever claim to be savvy in hip hop, but I know what the reputations are and I know what the around raw talent on the table. So that that's enough said to talk about Man. the bar that, that was I set mean, for that show. Yeah, like I did you write a synopsis for this one or you know, so it's different. So it yeah, I did that, do a synopsis, but it's more like a it's like a background. Because you know okay. we normally do a recap that is a because we do fiction, so it's like the story, right, right, right. But right. instead, I just pulled some of the historical tidbits. Okay, just for people who might not have seen the documentary or don't know the details. Okay, so it's, yeah, and the like spoilers are if you've ever listened to any music in your life. All right, <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. Oh my God. All well, your spoilers. Well, you know, ever listened to radio in the last 30 years. <laughs> You're welcome. Totally. <laughs> totally. So Adrian Bartos, also known as DJ Stretch Armstrong, and Robert Garcia, known as Bobito, they met in the late 80s. And at the time, Stretch was a was a club DJ in New York, and Bobito worked as a radio show promotions rep for Def Jam. And so Stretch was starting college, and he was going to Columbia University, and he had this idea to do a hip-hop radio show, and he recruited Bobito to be the host. And so the show, the show launched in October of 1990, and it ran from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. on WKCR 89.9 FM. And because of their, their, their professional connections and because of their, their talent, they were able to find and book really important people from the hip hop scene. And they featured unsigned artists. They created lots of space on air for freestyle. They played music that had not yet been released to the public. 
And because the show came on so late, they, you know, well, first of all, they were unpaid and on a college station, you know, they didn't have the restrictions that a commercial radio show that aired during different hours would have. And so they had all the cussing, which meant that the artists could just really be free on air. The artists would have like these super long segments and um, they did eventually add a co-host that went by the name of Lord Sear and, and his role was comedic relief, but the presence that he had on the show, just kind of, you know, offering comedic commentary, making fun of the guests and of the callers. Those are the kinds of things that they wouldn't been able to do if they had been a mainstream show. So their whole dynamic was created because of their connections, their relationships, their talent, but also the way that they were on the air. And so I'm going to read, I'm going to read a quote from the, uh, the actual promo for the documentary. We never do this, but mm. this little paragraph really sums it up. And I think is, is, is a good sum up of the background of the impact of the show. During the 1990s, Stretch and Bobito introduced the world to an unsigned Nas, Biggie, Wu-Tang, and Big Pun, as well as unknown Jay-Z, Eminem, and the Fugees. The total record, record sales for all the artists that premiered on their show exceed $300 million. The late night program had a cult following in the art fashion world and prison population as well. All would loyally tune in for the offbeat humor just as much as for the exclusive tunes. Stretch and Bobito brought a unique audience together and created a platform that changed music forever, end quote. And they really became, what you learn in the documentary is that the show became a proving ground for artists. It was like, if I can get on that show and I can be well-received, I'm launched. I can make it. The people will hear me now. And um, the documentary actually featured many well-known and iconic hip-hop artists and gatekeepers. And they actually had footage from the 90s of these artists, to Aubrey's point, before they were the groomed, you know, well-known, promoted people that we know them to be now before they were polished up. We get to see them in the studio, just, you know, being themselves and bringing it as hard as they can um, on this radio show. You get to see that in the documentary. Um, um, in the uh, Sources magazine, in their 100th, 100th issue, um, which was actually released in January 1998, the Stretch Armstrong and Bobito show was named the best hip hop radio show. And that means it was rated above the wake up show with Sway and Tech on 92.3, The Beat, Mr. Magic and Marley Marl, which was on WBLS and the Red Alert on Kiss FM. So this major magazine, which was the, the, the voice and documentation of hip hop mm -hmm. of the time, was ranking that show above these shows where people were first of all getting paid, Okay, and second of all, very mainstream, very well known. But eventually in the late 90s, you know, Stretch and Bobbito did take the show to a commercial station, Hot 97. But by then the fire, the, the special sauce, I mean, it, the fire had really started to fizzle. The music was changing and Stretch had started to lose his inspiration and he became less committed. And this created tension between Stretch and Bobbito. And Bobbito, you know, had started to have to DJ just out of survival, started DJing himself sometimes just to fill in the gap when Stretch wasn't showing up. Stretch didn't like the music Bobito was playing. Bobito didn't like the music <laughs> Stretch was playing. They ended up just fine. The tension, of course, it was real. Um, and they ended up just kind of letting it go. And the show ended in January of 1999. Um, in February 2011, Stretch and Bobito hosted a 20th anniversary reunion concert in New York. And they did include food footage from that reunion um, in the documentary. And I, the way that they did it in the documentary is they allowed you to hear from Stretch and Bobbito about that period of time um, as the show was ending, as they were not getting along and as they had lost their spark and their rhythm. And then you get to see them at this 20th anniversary reunion concert um, again in 2011, where they had many well-known artists. They had Raekwon, Artifacts, Buckshot, Master Ace, I don't know who any of these people are. The Beat Nuts, DJ Premier, like I read this do. on the internet. You sound like you do. Oh, I, lo I loves me some artifacts. I don't know who that is. Um, and then <laughs> the, the, the documentary will be watched came out in 2015, but the, this duo has continued to, to, to produce since then. They had a podcast for about two years 
from 2017 to 2018 called What's Good with Stretch and Bobbito. And I got to tell you, I, I only listened to part of one of the podcasts, but I mean, this is good content. They weren't just doing hip hop. They were really talking about pop culture. So we're talking about interviews with people like Dave Chappelle, okay? Stevie Wonder, Regina King, you know, um, Hill Harper, you know, just, just you, Erica Badu, Lenny Kravitz, you know, they it's really an expansive, um, you know, list of names. So you can see their, their relationships continue. In 2020, they released a debut album called No Request featuring the M19s band. And actually me and Aubrey were listening to it a little bit before we started recording. And it's very jazzy. You know, it ha it's like they have little splices in there of like, um, you know, clips of like interviews from back in the day. But it's straight up them like just it's like jazzy it's like it's, they called it like latin afrobeat samba jazz reggae and soul reinterpretations of dance floor bangers what is that but anyway it's very good <laughs> and um and i actually really do plan to go back and listen to all of it so just all of that to say is the documentary ends with um us being able to see that the original stretch and bobito that doesn't exist anymore and it's never been recreated there's never that space no longer exists but that duo they continue to be celebrated by the hip-hop community and they continue to find ways to 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 be in relationship and to create content so i think that that's the background and um that kind of, if you haven't seen it yet that should be enough i think for you to kind of get a sense of what, what was conveyed Absolutely. Nailed it as always. Brenda, I actually got you to watch this a while ago. Um, and so this, this you got Britt to watch it. Yo, yeah. For yeah, Britt, not I, me. I, this I, wasn't my first time. This was my, the only reason I even heard of this is that we, we I said Britt. Okay. Because me and Brittany share an Amazon <laughs> Prime account. And something came up like stretching Bobito. And I was like, Britt, what in the H-E double hockey six is stretching Bobito? I think we've been hacked. And she was like, no, <laughs> Janiyah, that's a real thing. Don't talk to me. You're dumb. So anyway, so <laughs> the, the reason why Aubrey had me to watch this is because during Christmas, we were having a very intense debate about the hippity hop. And, <laughs> and I made a statement <laughs> about Eminem. And to that mm. point, it oh. was like, okay. it was I like, that rain, yeah, rain down fire. I forgot and, all about that. <laughs> and so after I made that statement, um, maybe some weeks later, after everything cooled down, it was probably 2021 <laughs> by then. Um, <laughs> oh, Aubrey was like, watch this documentary sure so you can understand more what we were talking about during that okay. conversation okay. so and the only way we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk more about in depth about what that uh conversation was as if one of our fans asks other than that you'll never know the details yeah let's and leave so the dogs <laughs> lie let's leave it let them lie <laughs> I, I did watch this was my so this was my second time watching this documentary yeah what'd you think so so what did, what did you think like like what did you think the uh because I, I mean i i know what you what you said the first time you, you watched it but i just i felt like you had some interesting thoughts so like just in general what did you think so when i first watched it my initial thought was stretch and bobito were allies for black people before being allies was a thing. And it and and meaning creating a platform where it is safe for us to express ourselves and to be heard. Um, but also it was just like watching this piece of history that you're growing up, but you don't even know what's happening. It's it's existing all around me in the 90s, and I don't even know it. I have I haven't the slightest idea. All I know is that I'm going to NRM National Record Mart 
and picking up <laughs> singles, right? That have Brittany used to love her some NRM. Yes. When oh. I got my first job, every paycheck, my hair two CD. Listen, NRM. don't play with me. And yeah. it was tapes, of course, at first. And so I had a ton of them. And I, so watching that at first was just watching it like hip hop has nothing to do, honestly. Let me take that. Let me take that back. Yes. Uh, Podcastville. I'm actually, I, I have a display of tapes on my bookcase and I'm actually showing now like the tape Lauren of Lauren, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Listen, the cassette tape, the cassette tape, had which shout there. out to the documentary, how they had all of them listening to things on a Walkman. It was hilarious. <laughs> Um, but that was my Rewind, initial reaction, forward. Mm-hmm. just this culture of, we just love this. This is, this is fun. This is mm. good. This is, we're enjoying ourselves and people that no one else has heard. We're getting a chance to display them and cause they're just good music. Uh, going into it the second time, of course, my eye was a little deeper because I already knew of the, the nuance of it, which was watching two people just do something that they love mm-hmm. and throughout it you're you know they're not getting paid but to hear them actually be like no like no they're not getting paid to know that jay-z right now is worth one billion dollars per the internet and i'm sure it's more than that yeah but just per internet he's worth one billion dollars and he's on starting on their show waiting in the hallway to get a chance to just talk on this microphone in a dirty room because that room that they were in it wasn't clean y'all definitely gross and so just to think that that is where he is a mogul and so I, I I was just looking at that like do you have that passion about anything and then watching these artists be so hungry to 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 perform it was just like do you have that level of hunger about anything? And then also being cognizant always and aware that someone is always watching you. And Stretch and Bobito realizing the impact that they were having outside of just giving artists an opportunity to listen, I mean, to, 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 to perform, mm-hmm. um, to, to share their artistry there were individuals who were in prison and this was their opportunity to still feel like they were outside. (laughs) At war in other countries. At war in other countries. There was a young man talking about that. Like I would see someone die that day, but I could stick in a tape and feel like I'm right back home in Brooklyn. Mm. You know, so them or even Bobito getting a letter from someone saying, I am... Um, no one around me has goals, but I see you doing things like, tell me what I should do. Should I go to college? Should I do? You're not realizing your impact mm-hmm. of what you're doing. So all, all together, it was just like, it, it just was eye opening. I will say this. I am not, I will never, ever claim to be hip hop head at all. Um, but I will say that I do respect good music. And I respect when people love what they do. So it excites me. And so I see Stretch and Bobby love what they did. It excites me. When I see these hip hop artists getting so hype on stage, the beat comes on, they're ready to, you know, freestyle or to write down or to uh, read uh, their, their written freestyle. Like it excites you. It makes you interested because these are people who are just passionate about what they do. So yeah. And since, that, you know, that, I, yeah. I really appreciate what you're saying because part of one of my big takeaways about it was just this was a chance to see what it looks like when the gatekeepers have the content provider's best interests at heart. Yep. That's what we got to see. Yep. And we did now, again, there is a piece of it that they were still the gatekeepers, you know, when Stretch didn't like the music anymore, he just stopped going to work. So that's, that's one thing. So they're the gatekeeper power. I didn't want to get power. into that privilege. Well, I didn't want to get into that privilege. But, but what, what, what does it mean when your gatekeeper is not there to make money off of you? but is there to celebrate you. That's, that's what doesn't exist, you know? And that, that's, that, it's like having that kind of virtue in a gatekeeper relationship 
I mean, it, I, I just, I was actually thinking about, does that exist anywhere else? And I started thinking maybe in family, maybe in family, there are people who are just invested in you, but even then it's about the family legacy. Stretch and Bobito, they got no money. They got nothing. no nothing out of this. Nothing. And they and they kept going for eight for eight years with no money because of the, how much they cared about it, because they were passionate, because they knew it was important and they knew people were relying on them. And um, and I and this is this is slightly tangential, but it came to my mind. You know, me and Aubrey and Brittany, we have all in separate conversations been talking about. Um, the vaccinations, you know, with, with, for, for related to the coronavirus. And it's very hard not to be skeptical of um, the pharmaceutical industry. It's just mm. very hard. And why is it hard? It's because medicine is business. And we know that. We know that they would rather, you know, treat us than cure us. And we know that because they make more money with treatment. And we know that all of us being a little bit sick always will put more money in their pockets. And mm -hmm. so do I just want them injecting something into me and telling me it's about, you know, so we have to live with this skepticism because the people who are supposed to have our best interest at heart don't, they're exactly. trying to make money mm -hmm. off of us. So anyway, I just thought, you know what, any, the next time I have a, cause it comes up. The next time I have a conversation about what it means to be in a constant uh, fight for agency in your life, to constantly want to figure out how you can stop being at the mercy of people, I'm going to bring up this documentary because Stretch and Bobbito, they are the kind of gatekeeper that you would want. You would want someone who was championing you and asking you to bring the best of your content, not making any money off of you. There was a, there was a, a documentary I watched recently about um, the comedy store, you know, just, it was just about just like iconic comedians and, and listen, don't, don't get it twisted. Were they a proving ground for some of the best comedians that we all know and love? Yes. But were they also a business making money and not paying the comedians? Yes. So even in some of the places where we hold them up as, as, you know, I, you know, important places where, 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 um, gatekeepers had huge impact culturally, they didn't always have the best interest of the content providers at heart. So that's to me, what makes stretch and Bobito so special. And mm -hmm. I think that's why they fizzled out when they couldn't do that anymore, yeah. when they couldn't find a way to just be passionate about it. It, they just couldn't do it because that's they were they were actually fueled by passion you know when the business got in the way it was just like that was the other thing what, they started what's, what's going the to money? hot 97 yeah right. what's what's the money maker right now so mm -hmm. while i'm out here looking for talent now i'm just these are the people that the producers are bringing to me yeah this is all about the 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 bottom line at this point oh, true when you start That's when so you're true. when you're truly passionate about something, which look we can bring in brown sugar, right? Because that's why Drake left Millennium. Yeah, uh, when, <laughs> when you're truly so passionate relevant. about something, it's easy to just be able to walk away. Mm. And then while I don't want to, you know, encourage anybody not to show up to your job, stretch. Um, I do, <laughs> I do, I do get want, <laughs> we get it right. Like mm. we understand when that passion yeah. has left. Mm -hmm. And so I think about that from where you started having this raw talent and this sitting down and thinking lyrically, what is about to, you know, destroy someone all in love and then moving to what song is creating the best dance moves who has on the freshest sneakers who has you know not saying that that's never been a part of hip-hop culture but it never over it was never over top of mm. the talent like mm -hmm. yeah, and it, so it, now it, emer it emerged yeah right it just, it, it just happened it just came to it like it, yeah. it might not even be like you know the the biggest and, and, it, and, it, wasn't, and it wasn't all about that like, yeah. like it, it wasn't it wasn't all about that like artists had songs that spoke to 
different purposes on the same album. That's right. You know, like you could talk about everything. There was a person on there and I don't, I can't remember his name right now. It was like, he had like 87 titles. He was like a journalist, MC, Mm. like 17 things. (laughs) But he made a statement that he said, you, these rap, he was like, these artists are coming in and they're just talking about their life. He said, so it could be, I'm talking about what happened at my job, what me having sex with my girl, what I what happened on the block, and then and then talk about it all again because I'm just talking about my life. Yeah. I'm just talking about my day. And so I I appreciate that now because there was no gimmick in that. It was it was literally a conversation that they it's were. It's my life. Thank I'm you. talking about my You're, life. That's you're bringing it. me into what you're doing and i mm-hmm. think that so many people they've lost their way and that's just not even just in hip-hop right that's it to me personally in music in general and so that's why when you're getting this when you finally hear an artist that's like oh, i'm sorry for for me because i'm a i'm a music person i love music so much ever since i was little and when someone can take me and pull me into a scenario I've never been in, but I can feel it. That to me is good music. And I don't have that. I could change channels all day now. I can change channels all day. And, and that's with so much stuff. Even with TV, I find myself watching Martin, Living Single, all these things that have been canceled for years. I might watch other things, but I will opt to watch Jamie Foxx all day. And it is just because there was something about this time frame that was just like just realness it about great, it. It was, mm-hmm. it was a great, it was a great time frame. And, yeah. and that's why I think I appreciate people like Issa Rae. Issa Rae has a new um mm-hmm. uh music platform that she's giving to underground artists because Issa Rae loves music. She loves and she loves anything from the raw reel to the ratchet. That's why I love her as well. Like she's just like for it all. But she wants artists to have this platform to own what they do mm-hmm. and to be able to, to produce themselves the way they want to be produced mm-hmm. and to sound the way they want to sound. And I can't do anything but respect that. And Stretch and Bobito, they gave that opportunity for, for artists to be able to come in. And then watching some of these artists listen to themselves from the 90s was also fun to watch because... <sighs> So it makes nice. me, so so it, make, it makes me wonder if at any point are they having an internal dialogue that says, have I gotten away from that person a little bit? Mm. Just a little. And in life, you grow up, you, you, you have responsibilities, you get married, you have kids, you get divorced. Like you, you know, you have lawsuits. I want to jail. I want to interject. I want to interject there real quick. I think that they might reflect like like you saw Nas like reflecting like it would be nice to go back there a day. Yeah. But I'm gonna tell you something. 100 percent of those MCs still feel like they are equally and better than they were <laughs> back then. Because that it. is part of the attitude you had back then. It's just like like you saw Jay-Z. I'll raise hell to the same. Wow, those, those some nice lyrics. Like, like they're even <laughs> basking in the greatness of like I'm Themselves. just the nicest MC. Man, so, I'm super talented. Yeah, I'm just so <laughs> yeah. like, and I always have been. And, and I don't it didn't feel like age at all. At all. It didn't, it didn't feel that was something else. I'm I'm so happy you said that, bro. <laughs> I literally, when I was watching it today, and I should have been doing some work, whatever. I was taking a, str- a number from stretch um, <laughs> and I was watching it and I was like saying to myself, these people don't sound arrogant to me. They sound confident. People understand there is a difference. Very different. There is such a, a difference. difference. Oh, there's it's such the, a it's difference. difference between thinking you are and knowing you are. It yeah. is, it's a huge difference. Well, oh, I'm going to t- oh, show up. And I'm going to show up correct. (laughs) On the topic of that, you know, the way that these artists show up, bro, I have a question. And I I said, I had it. I had an internal, I had a conversation with myself. 
I was like, Jedi, do you want to ask this on a podcast? And then I was like, the jig is up. The people know you don't know. Just ask. Ask. Because I'm like, why do so many of these artists? Because y'all, the documentary was chock full of um, like radio personalities, gatekeepers, Mm -hmm. and artists. Many, many artists. Footage from back in the day, but also current people reflecting on footage from back in the day and reflecting on their experience of watching the show back in the day. And so many of them had names that were like something, something, AKA something else. And I'm like, why does everybody have two names? And it's not like my name is, is actually Frank Smith, but my AKA is my rap name. It's like, you have two rapper names. What is up with that? (laughs) And it was like, our brother was what was Ari's absolute? Please just, just, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> just, just it was two. Look, look, he had Pete, absolute not, and something else. I'm not Pete even Rock. Pete, I'm, I only have a couple in my notes. Pete Rock, aka Chocolate Boy Wonder. Um, Pete there, Rock was dark. He was dark skinned and he was a wonder boy. But there he was, was just wonder. some poetical <laughs> prophets, aka Mob Deep. Yeah, no, it's just like there was, there were just so many that had it's the real it's a, it's Q-tip, Q-tip, aka the abstract. What? And he's 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 abstract. Q-tip, mm-hmm. he's Q-tip because he's in your ear. <laughs> All right, well, bro. What's See, up here's with and I, it's a very simple answer. See, back then, the creativity even had to go to your name, like like it, it the, everything had to be creative. Even your name, even the <laughs> even the way you presented yourself had to be like you couldn't just have just a name, you know, like I'm you know, a little something like yeah, hi, I'm, have... hi, I'm Brittany. <laughs> but, but why do you need to is it is that boo get up like that's, that's what <clears throat> what I'm saying is is that that spoke to your creativity. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you have many different ways to say who you are and okay. i'm gonna let you know there's even more to that like if, i if know you were it. To listen if you were to listen to hip-hop hours from the 90s man when you hear them getting into their names that was like part of it wasn't part of the rap per se but it was part of the 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 persona it's like okay you know like let's say the song is ramping up and then it'd be like yeah so you about to hear from so so aka so so aka so you know <laughs> and it was just like before they even got to start rapping <laughs> they're running through all of their aliases and i know what in the that, world is this about but and i, I know that and, and, and like i don't want to job description i say it like i don't want it's a job description i don't want to speak to the um because they're obviously like people should do research on this because I'm not an expert, but that also came from, you know, back in the sixties and seventies, uh, pimping and all of that was like a big thing. You know what I'm saying? And so when you talk about that culture of like, you know, um, like the player's ball and that kind of stuff. And, and like, you, uh, they get a guy, um, uh, Eddie Murphy played him in a movie just recently oh it, i'm having a brain the the eddie move oh, eddie murphy um, you can you look it up can you mm-hmm. look it up for me real quick because i'm 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 having a brain blank it's on the reason. tip of my tongue yes yeah, on the tip of my tongue too but if you if you notice like even in that movie they were showing the parts dolomite dolomite god dog, i, I know it was but, on but the like, tip but like, of my tongue but if you remember there was the part in the movie where he was like listening to the old players give their introductions of themselves. You know what I'm saying? So as rap, it came from James Brown and, you know, being, having that bravado and all of that, having different names was part of Mm. that. You know, it's, it's just all that thing that pulled from earlier parts of the culture. And obviously somebody's more educated can speak even better on it, but I'm just saying that was part of the creativity and the bravado of it yeah all. yeah and bro i have to ask i mean i i think like do, and i don't know do you remember the first time you heard a stretch and bobito tape would you be able to remember that no. or maybe you have an iconic moment in your history of a specific experience with the stretch and bobito tape 
Because it I was the tape. Was I mean, because unless you were in New York <laughs> in the Here's 90s, the you would not have been able to hear it live. It was a college exactly. radio station. It's not like it was exactly. a strong frequency. What, what, what happened for me is there were tapes that made it to Pittsburgh before I went to school. But most of those tapes were artists that like I wouldn't be able to remember at the time. Sure. Now, because they they were because you remember they what made one of the things that made the documentary so good, they were ramping up the level of success of artists as the movie went on. Yeah. So like in the beginning, there were a lot of people you would see rapping and freestyling who were incredibly nice, but they're not going to give you a call back to their name right now. And so a lot of those tapes were just listen to these guys from New York who are right. just crazy nice Absolutely. you know what I'm saying so got it yeah so that's how it was at first but then when I went to Morgan State and plus they probably all have four names so who could keep track anyway but please continue you know, you just, listen sometimes <laughs> no. you give my wind sales sometimes you take it away but, but, <laughs> you have that power either way but but yeah it um but yeah so when when at the when I went to Morgan State that's when the tapes really became a part of my life for mm. real, for real, mm -hmm. because there were people at Morgan State from New York. Right. And like, of not course. only were they from New York, these do like, <laughs> obviously Wu-Tang and, you know, listening to Raekwon and hearing Old Dirty Bastard, and, and, you know, just like hearing these dudes speak you know, rap these verses before, and I knew these verses from their albums, mm -hmm. but hearing them rap them and polish them on this show, it, it was just amazing. And so when you would hear these, you know, obviously, what I think about New York people is they're very, and Janelle lives in New York now, they're very just animated at how they are. You know what I mean? Like they're everything, like, I got New York friends till this day and i just remember like all the dude and the people from new york would dress different ways so like all the dudes from staten island they would call it shaolin and they all had these gold things that wu-tang would wear they would always <laughs> dressed in black and just the first time i saw a gun in real life was at college from a college student guy who's from new york and i remember we were in the dorm and he was just having a conversation and he just pulled out the gun as part of his conversation, but it wasn't like he was trying to no, do anything. Like, he it was, was like, pulling he was a just talking like, off he, didn't pull it out, like out. Huh, he was just yeah. like, blah, 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 blah. I don't remember nothing else he was saying, but then he pulled out the gun a little bit. He was like, cause I will put a bullet in you. And then he just put it back in his pants. I was like, are we at college? But like, <laughs> but like, don't. Don't you have like other, so the, biology 101 in like 30 minutes? Yeah, I'm telling you. And, and the <laughs> other thing was, is that we had um, uh, uh, like, there were these two New York guys and they were arguing over a pack of gum. Like somebody had taken a piece of gum out of, out of somebody else. And they were just, and like the way they were just talking, it was just like the biggest thing ever. So I say all that to say this. <laughs> <laughs> them them having these tapes was another part of right their bravado because it was sure. like oh you like Wu Tang let me let you hear before <laughs> you, you know what I mean so this yeah, yeah. like you don't know what I yeah. know you know what I'm saying so it was just so amazing hearing it so I'm just saying from and, and that and we used to have ciphers that's as my sisters have alluded to I I used to be a rapper as many people were from from the night he said but what y'all need to know is aubrey had a crew okay and they would be i was going i was going to put the picture up i was like no oh you should have absolutely put the picture up so they could see this t-shirt you used to wear all the way down to your ankles and they need they were they were large with the butters with the butters the, the, with, the, the, with the butter, Tim's were definitely my, my favorite. I wanted to hang out with y'all in that basement so bad. Man, I wanted to think like I was just trying to get with some of them in that basement. Man, look, I'm just saying that. 
that's the thing to me that was the best thing about this documentary yeah. is that for someone who had no idea about this culture, it lets you know how it felt. Sure. And, and that's, that's the, you know, like I, I agree with I that. could talk forever, but I just wanted, that's the only real point that I will say is that this gave you a peer into how it actually felt. You had the emotions of what it was like seeing these people so hungry in the beginning. You had the emotions of how hip hop was like this culture that was like kind of secretive, like to the people who were into it. And then the emotion of being happy that is getting bigger, but also recognize that that is changing all the way to the point now that it's just, it's great, but it's just different. It, it, it's just not what it was. It was like, I was watching that. Look, and I hate sounding like the cliche old dude, but it was just, I, wa I was watching this guy um, freestyle on a radio show. And he was like, all right, you know, don't put in none of these, none of them old beats. And then he was like, when he started rapping, he was like, uh, yeah, and he was just saying stuff that anybody could say. And the thing was back then, to say you couldn't rap with a beat was like, it didn't matter what beat they put on. They could have put on something off of Sesame Street or, Listen, or Mr. Rogers. And your point is, is that, oh, you put on Mr. Rogers? I'm about to rip this, because guess what? I can rip anything. You right. put anything on here, I'm a rip. I can right. rip written. I can rip freestyle. I got and just that process of pushing your mind. Like freestyle, we used to do it all night and when I say all night I mean literally from the night time until day right. and like you you would have to come up with new things to say over and over again and you would just push each other and then just seeing two MCs battle each other pushing a freestyle and 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 just seeing them dig so deep and seeing the result of that like I there's the, one of the best freestyles I've ever seen in my life. He doesn't even do it anymore. His, his name was Black. It, it, he, I mean, this is what a lot of people still call him short, but um, he's a producer and he is a genius. He's the first person I saw not write raps down and he could just remember whole raps because he, mm. he's just, he was just a genius. Yeah. And, you know, like Biggie and Jay-Z do that. But I, I didn't know about that till years and years later. He was the first person I ever saw do that and he was one of the ones he would have his beat machine in his dorm room and we would go and free you know freestyle and everybody would come to his room and he would do freestyle battles he was one of the ones who was like undefeated and I remember walking in in the middle of one of the ciphers and I didn't even get to hear the battle but I just saw the aftermath everybody's mood was just like, wow, that was brutal. Like he just, <laughs> and I he just remember the other person sitting so there. So, so he just yeah. beat him so bad. And, and I'm just saying they gave a peer into that. And the other thing that was great. So for the people who were into the culture, it gave a great, just nostalgic feeling, but it also gave you that feeling of like watching a, Game of Thrones in the beginning. Like, mm. this is amazing, but I only know a part of this world that goes yes. so Yes, bro. And that's look, even you, if somebody's doing You it, hit the nail on the head yeah. for me. It was like, for me, the audience, when I think of a documentary, I kind of want a document. And again, documentaries do so many things. They accomplish so many things. But I always wanted to be kind of like enough for a general audience, you know, someone that has no information exactly. to be able to really enjoy it. And this documentary was not that. I think this documentary was meant for a, a hip hop audience and, or people who at least have some appreciation because it was certainly, it didn't have any of the aspects that basic kind of 101, here's the information you need 
to be able to appreciate it. Um, and that's because, you know, listen, you all know, I like to take notes. I couldn't even take notes because it was like, what's happening? Um, it felt to me like- <laughs> <laughs> could have. What a mob deep artist when he came up, he had said- uh... <laughs> Well, I mean, the truth is, I mean, I do have a pages and pages of notes, but it's a list of names. It's a list of names. Yeah. Um, because what they were doing with this documentary is what Aubrey said. They were really just, um, you know, giving you a slice of the moment. They were they were recreating the moment and the energy. And that's what this documentary clearly was intending to accomplish. It was not to decode hip hop. It was not to tell a story of the it's 90s overall. Piece. It was not to place their show in a larger universe. It was to tell the story of the show. Because even Stretch and Bobito, we learned very little about them as individuals. It was like, we got a little bit, we got to meet their parents a little bit. We found out about a little bit of their hobbies, their musical interests, but it wasn't even about them. It was, it was about, about the, the show. And about it was about, show. it was so anyway, so that, that to me, like at first I struggled with that. I was like, boy, if I didn't have some level of understanding of hip hop and already some appreciation, I wouldn't be able to probably get into this, this mood. That I'm, that I, could, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to appreciate the nostalgia. Um, but fortunately, I, and again, it's really just because of the last year or so uh, that I've been really getting in, try, intentionally getting into hip hop, that I think that I had enough information to to get in there and understand the nostalgia and respect the. The, the the to respect the stretch and Bobito show, but also to respect the documentary in the way that it was it was created. But a person just cold, you know, you you need some appreciation for the genre before you watch it. I think yeah. to appreciate. And I will I will say one thing I wanted to make sure we don't leave out is just the my the number of individuals um, that never got to see their potential um, because of, of one part of hip hop life, which they mentioned in a documentary can be violent. Um, so and true. so there Woo. were individuals like Big L. Who were amazing, um, who well were amazing, and murdered. And murdered. You have, of course, the ones that we know like Big, Biggie Smalls, murdered. So, you know, you have this opposite side of the tension and the passion and what it can bring out if someone is not careful, mm -hmm. if someone goes too far to the left, you know, or to the right, they're not centered on the music. It, it can become something else, which we all know if you grew up in the nineties at any mm -hmm. point, the East coast versus West coast and all these different things mm -hmm. that you heard of and you knew of. Um, and so it just was something to see that part how life being snuffed out so quickly and then even for some that it may not have been violence like a big pun who was it was health problems mm -hmm. but still to see how he is uh revered in the latinx community um how uh, you know just in general or, or man, just like, in general yeah, but and it's crazy to hear him be revered as a lyricist because my introduction to ben, big pun was a song featuring joe so I'm like, oh, this is a dance, me, you know, me, situation. Let, 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 like, let, me, let me let you know. That's not let me let you know. That was how he started. I heard, I heard big pun. I heard big pun on a on a that I mean, what's that song, bro? That you said that nobody would touch, but Fat Joe and Big Pun remade it, and everybody respected deep, deep them. Cover, deep cover. And so that's I'm just mad. to let you know, because when when I think of Fat Joe and I think I'm of mad. Big Pun, I think of them from yeah, yeah, my it's, small it's radio edit. I don't think of them in hip hop as what these what Stretch and Bobito show showed them to be, which I and understood it, them more now. I'm like who they were to get into that is, space. See, but it, it was because you already had that basics, you were able to appreciate with the with the hip hop, with, with the, with the yeah. documentary offered you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know we're at time. There's so much more. Let's go ahead. Let's go ahead. There's so much more. And, and you know what I got to say, it's like I, in doing the little recap or the background, I resisted naming names because you know yeah you're right it's hard it's It's hard so many it's so many many. it's so many and on their official blurb they're talking about their artists have netted you know 300 million it's way more than that their impact jay-z alone is a billionaire you know it's like well well, it was was 300 million albums sold oh it was albums sold that's right that's right oh listen do that math yeah Yeah. there you go that's what i'm saying so (laughs) And it's anyway, way I know we got to vote. We yeah. got to vote. We got to vote, y'all. But so uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, what, what, does it get your um? Oh, it gets my symbol Did we choose that wasn't airway? Yeah, because you know, and the thing is, is that guy who was at war. <laughs> he was he was talking Random about screen. airwaves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was talking about airwaves, right? And how that it was important. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. He so yes, that. it gets. Yeah, yeah. It gets my. Yeah, and 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 Buster Rounds was talking about how he taped together an airwave to you know and listen, but, but we yeah, didn't so. even get into the nuance of talking about how important DJs were back in the day. We can't even right. what DJs not, no shade to people are considered DJs now, but they're not doing this scratching and mixing and having eight million albums that they need to take somewhere. You know, it's all on a computer now. No shade. Some controversial situation listen, there. So I know. I know. We could do a whole nother thing with that. It's a whole nother thing. We didn't really dig into the presence of women. We didn't know or the lack. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. But that it's a good discussion. But but I but I was I would say that this movie is definitely this documentary is a classic to me. And I think that is good for anybody to watch. And and to Janiah's point, if you are not into hip hop at all, which I feel like that's a I can't even imagine, you know, everybody's into it on some level, which is why, I mean, the, it has a 92% of Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. which is because hip hop has permeated culture so much that everybody has a taste. Absolutely. So, so I think there's a very small percentage of people who don't have, who wouldn't have anything to pull out of this. So, um, you know, I, I think it's a classic for many reasons and, and definitely because I think it'll speak to a, to a wide generation and spark, spark some great interest. I, I and, agree, it, and it definitely did a great job of capturing the feel. Yeah, I agree, bro. So for that's actually the main reason it gets my cassette tape. It's because it does capture, it, it does an amazing job of creating a feeling. And so... Um, and, and, and so you just walk away feeling like, gosh, that was something special mm-hmm. and they made it so clear and it wasn't and you know, sometimes you see these, these, um, these kinds of documentaries that are worshipful of something. It wasn't that it wasn't mm-hmm. that at all. It was just, it was just saying what it was time. talking about the impact and by the end, you are so clear that that moment can never be created, that the, that you, you want to go back and watch it again. And I think that's what makes it a classic from my perspective is you you, you want to go back to it. You want to go and, and follow up on the little tidbits that they put out there. They And you definitely um, walk away with not only a respect, for the names that you know, but you walk away with a whole other list of names of people that you wish you knew. So for those reasons, I I, I would give it a cassette tape. Sis? Definitely is my tape. Um, ditto to everything that my brother and sis have said. And the only thing for me is like how I was saying at the beginning of this show, just how it gave me, I love when things give me moments of introspection and just what in your life are you that passionate about Mm. that you would do it for free and that you would do it all over again Mm. and that when you lost the passion for it you would walk away with without just because you don't want to taint what you already have and what Mm. you already know 
Um, and so I, that, that for me will definitely make it a classic. And also it was, it was just fun. It was a fun documentary. It was, fun. it was, it really was. So, so there you have it, folks. Um, <laughs> Stretch and Bobito, this documentary, it is, and it's, it's Stretch and Bobito radio that changed lives. This documentary is a classic from the right perspective. And um, this was a great pick, bro. And I have really enjoyed our, our hip hop series. Uh, and y'all, we, we had a chat before the show where we're actually really ready to get back to our basics. That's our, it. This is the whole idea. Our yes. musical. Our musical, y'all. So our next show will be on um, Singing in the Rain, yeah. which is, frankly, this is a class. It would be impossible to not to cool. count how many times we've seen Singing in the Rain <laughs> well, because our mother loved I it. I mean, Gene, Gene Kelly, right? He was hip hopping, hippity hopping around in the rain. Connection. There's no connection. Everything I'm going to edit There's a connection. I'm going to edit Yeah, that. we're going to go ahead. There's a connection. Slicing that right off. All don't right. Splice it off. <laughs> I am. Don't splice I'm it off. It this, was there. I, I, don't it's God. Don't edit. It's and there. no one will ever hear it. I want you to I think you should just put the thing over her mouth and like not even edit it out. Just, just, we should just know that she said something. If I say it a ton of times. Yeah, or put it on a separate Keep reel called the rain. Waffle. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for tuning in. This I has been the right perspective. I know she had a wave at the beginning of this. So I know she tried to see. I know she.